house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right, hey people, welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. We're going to start it with a classic song from Amy Grant called Wise Up People. It's called Wise Up. I just feel like waking up here on this Friday night, you know what I mean? And my husband's going to sing too, just so you know. So do me a favor, share it out, okay? Says to jump on in. Something on the inside is telling me again. You better wise up. Yeah, you should. Better think twice. I never leave room for compromise. Better wise up. Yep. <laughs> Use your head to guide your heart. classic Christian music people. <laughs> like some classic. Your intentions when you have to choose. Apprehension might be telling you. Before they come undone, you better wise up. Oh, you better think twice. Yeah, better. You've got to think twice. You've got to wise up. You've got to, you've got to. Take your heart and run. Put your thoughts together before they come undone. You better wise up. background, right? <laughs> You've got to wise up. You've got 
wind up. You got to, you got to. There we go. Yeah. All right. So if you're as old as Bareface and me, well, this was a song from our youth. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know what's really funny is I am not a dancer. No, I'm not. And I'm not really somebody who likes to sing in person, but I guess there's some safety. I want to put behind the screen, people. I want to put 84 on that. 1984. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, let's see here. Because it was the, uh, it's from the early Heart 80s. in Motion album. Yeah. Well, it says here, um, no. It was licensed to UMG on behalf of Amy Grant Label, AGG, the Royalty Network Publishing, ASCAP, blah, blah, etc., 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 etc. I was going to play Father's Eyes, which was my very first Amy Grant song ever that I ever heard, but it's kind of slow. I like to start the show on an upbeat. Yeah, I do. And you know what? Today, I have to tell you guys, today, today is a very, um, what is today? Today is Friday. Yes. Today... I'm I'm doing some research here in the background. So All right, I'll crack just, producer. I'll just, I'll just uh, while you're doing research, I shall mute my computer so nobody hears anything. But I shall say hello, people. You know, I was recently on a phone call with my Legal Shield team, and I have noticed that certain friends of mine are now referring to everybody as people. Because <laughs> every morning I say hello, people, and now all of a sudden certain people are saying hello, people. <laughs> So, I'm thinking I'm pretty influential. Yeah, I am. Um, Unguarded, 1985. Oh, okay. Probably was recorded in 1984. But Probably. The, but the album was released in 85. Yeah. Well, so, you know. Amy Grant is forever embedded in my testimony. Yep. Mm -hmm. In more ways than one, actually. It's very interesting. And one day I will meet her. I'm sure I will get to meet her in person at some point, but... Um, I, I, I know people that know her. It's like, <laughs> you've probably just, passed her on the sidewalk a time or probably two. Probably she's, you know, it's like, she's a beanbag go throw from me. Right. Anyway. Uh, so here's the thing. So <clears throat> I will, uh, tell you tonight's show is going to be a little bit, I think it's going to be controversial. I hope not. I mean, you know, don't try to be controversial, but I see the numbers on Periscope are really low, which suggests Periscope is spiking our show again, which, you know, whatever. I don't care. You know what? The people who are meant to see the show will tune in for it, and I'm okay with that. But here's the thing. I got to tell you, please share the show out. If you're seeing this anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, uh... Wherever else we broadcast. How, where else do we broadcast? I forgot. Twitch. Um, YouTube. There you go. If you're seeing this show anywhere, do me a favor and share it with somebody. Share it with a friend. Sharing is caring, people. I know some of you are on YouTube. If you say hi on YouTube like Barb did, then I will know you're there. Hello, people. Glad you're here. Okay, so today what we're going to do, um, we, we only have technically an hour but we're probably going to go over probably 
But we're going to cover three stories tonight. We're going to cover the March for Life. We're also going to talk about the Apostate United Methodist Church and how the... <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. The United Methodist Church is trying to tell old people like <clears throat> over 50 to go somewhere else. Just saying. And uh, we're going to talk about an article titled No Opting Out of LGBT History Instruction? Question mark. Like, so we're going to talk about that and we're going to play a video called Faces of Choice, which is tied into the whole uh, abortion issue. Because as you know, if you are a student of history, if you have been living longer than, well, um, what is it? 47 years, I think. If you're lucky enough to be alive, then you didn't get killed by abortion, right? You know, and abortion isn't a new thing. I mean, people kind of think it is, but it's not really. It's actually alluded to in the book of Exodus, I believe. Um, but here's the thing, right? Psalm 139 is a wonderful psalm. And there are verses in Psalm 139 that tell us very clearly and specifically that God knit us together in our mother's womb. He fearfully and wonderfully made us. You know, his works are wonderful. You know, we know this full well, King David said, right? Where can we go from his spirit? Where can we flee from his presence? And it goes on to talk about, well, if we went here, then he's there. If we go somewhere else, then, you know, he's there. And, and that's my loose paraphrase. But anyway, life is precious and nobody has a right to take it, in my opinion. Okay, I will share with you this week has been a very difficult week for me personally because of my father. And I open the show with this because I don't want you to think that I'm very cavalier about life at any age or stage. My dad is 91 and a half, close to 92. And, you know, he's in declining state. But at the same time, I look at my, my dad, who I admire to you would not believe how much I admire my my dad he is a man with you know some serious health problems but there are people in this wicked world who would want my dad dead because they would consider his quote quality of life not worthy of living okay just like there's people out there that would consider people in a, a hospital bed in a vegetative state not worthy but you know what? God is the creator of life. He gives life. He takes life. We have, we have such hubris as people to think that we can play God in the lives of people. And the reality is, 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 is pride is the number one sin. And God does not like that. He hates it, actually. Um, so what I will say is that tonight's show, we're going to dedicate to life. Yeah, we are. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except by him, through him. And people today, many will reject Jesus. And it's because if you accept Christ, you have to realize that he is the one that made you. He is the one that created the heavens and the earth. He is the one that overcame death, right? This is the story throughout history that Jesus came to conquer death, to forgive us of our sins, so that we could be set free and live a life of abundance, people. 
you know, and people are full of pride. They're hubris. They, they are like, you know what? I do not need God and I am not going to bow the knee to him. And you know what? One day the Bible says in the book of Philippians that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, the father. These true, these words are true and just and what I can tell you is that one day it will happen. Right now, man in his arrogance thinks that they don't need God. But you know what? They do, people. And the blight that is on America because of abortion and frankly all over the world is actually the revelation of what's really in men's hearts. Because I don't know about you, but I think it takes a very callous and wicked heart to to be barbaric and kill an infant who is completely defensive inside a place that is sacred, right? So, and, and here's the thing though, there is forgiveness of sin for anybody who's ever done that. And that's what makes God's grace and his love so amazing because so many people have been set free from the guilt and shame of that behavior, right? Because some people just really don't know. But let me say this. Um, we have to celebrate today because, you know, President Trump did something absolutely amazing, in my opinion. He is first president, as far as I know, in, 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 in recent history, sitting president, who actually went down to the March for Life, actually was there in person with the March for Life people, who, by the way, the mainstream media blacks out what happens down there on Constitution Avenue every single year. They block it out. They go like this, la, 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 la. We don't want to see what's happening with the, the pro-life movement. We hate it. So you know what? President Trump goes down there in person, and guess what? They have to deal with it. Why? Because he's the president, just saying. So we're going to air for you the speech that he gave. It's about 13 minutes or so. And then after that, we're going to play you a video called Faces of Choice, which is about, which is people which are people rather, who the moms um, tried to abort, but praise God, they were not murdered. They, they were not killed as a result of that. And then you can look at that. Um, we're going to do that. And then we're going to look at some of the other news. So Forrest Haney, Forrest people here. Hello. Um, Mia Chapa, my superhero paramedic friend who I had a very long conversation with yesterday. It was a very long conversation. <laughs> She's a very good friend of mine. So Mia, love you, girl. It's, I'm glad that you're out there over on Periscope. Um, and anybody else watching who I don't know, glad you're here. Um, so we want to get that started. So let's look at history in, in the making, people, to see uh, what President Trump had to say uh, today at the March for Life. Well, thank you very much, and thank you, Jeannie. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with 
you. I want to welcome tens of thousands. This is a tremendous turnout. Tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we can work that out. You have a tremendous group of people outside, thousands and thousands wanting to get in. This is some great success. Young people are the heart of the March for Life. And it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us, who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. You embrace mothers with care and compassion. You are powered by prayer and motivated by pure, unselfish love. You're grateful, and we are so grateful, these are incredible people, to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James, Mike. Thank you, fellas. And Representatives Steve Scalise, Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, and I see it exactly. We have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family. And I can tell you, I send love and I send great, great love. And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy, and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. 
I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written, including two phenomenal Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold Hold your First Amendment right to speak your mind, and if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be willing to pay. Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats is a, and you know this, you've seen what's happened. Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades, and you could even say for centuries. Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. Then we had the case of the Democrat governor in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, 
And we love the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what is going on in Virginia? What is going on? The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights, as given in the Declaration of Independence, it's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here that they stand for it so proudly together. And I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life each and every day. You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make, you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you, and we declare that mothers are heroes. That's Your strength, devotion, and drive is what power changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens yet unborn will achieve, the dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this, every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Together, we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And and I say with 
true passion. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. people. Wow. Randall even said, well, <clears throat> so I have to share with you something, you know, Dr. Alveda King was standing behind him the whole time. And, um, you guys need to understand none of this is an accident. The people that they have behind him, you know, and all that. Um, and you know, Dr. Alveda King, I've actually had the blessing of meeting her, um, had her booked for my show a couple times too. <laughs> She never appeared, but I had her booked. So just saying. But anyway, that aside, I will say that um, that was a pretty powerful speech. And I have to tell you, if, you know, this year, the National March for Life, um, the theme this year is life empowers, pro-life is pro-women. Okay, pro-woman. Um, and I want to uh, also let you know, this is the irony of this all. Think about this. President or Vice President, um, um, I'm trying to, uh, Pence, <laughs> I'm, I lost. I was, I was rooting looking. for you. No, well, I know, I know where I'm looking for it. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Yeah. So Mike Pence, <clears throat> our Vice President, who I have met in person, I actually got a picture with him. Um, he wrote today on Twitter or yesterday, he wrote this Before on Twitter. Before he was Vice President. Yeah. Well, yeah, right, right. <laughs> So Mike Pence tweeted yesterday, we mourn with those who mourn and grieve with those who grieve. We remember the names and the faces and the promise of the 6 million Jews who were murdered in the Holocaust. And today we also pay tribute to those who survived to bear witness to such evil. Today over on the white on whitehouse.gov, um, our president signed a proclamation on the national day of remembrance of excuse me, the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, 2020. So, we look at the Holocaust of the Jews, right? The 6 million Jews that um, were, mur were, were murdered. I mean, they were murdered, right? Um and I'm not going to read the proclamation just because of time, but I did, I did put it on my, my, um, my personal Facebook page. The irony of it all to me, why I feel emotional is because abortion is the biggest Holocaust in the history of the world, right? So if you don't think a president standing for life is a big deal, Consider all the communist dictators in the world who are murdering their people. So, I mean, think about it. Just really think about it. We have dictators all over the country, all of, not over the country, but all over the world who are oppressing their people, who are taking life, who are abusing life, who are destroying life, you know, and, and the people are not praising them. Right now, President Trump is standing for life. So whether or not you care about all his other policies, I will say he's got a hundred on this one.
Yeah, I don't know who wrote that speech. Um, I don't know if he was reading teleprompters. He's really good at it. <laughs> Probably. Um, but and No doubt somebody pro-life wrote it in his administration. Yeah, but the fact that he had the chutzpah. To say to, it. To say it. Yeah. And, and to show up in person. The first president ever, uh, you know, for the March for Life. I don't know how long it's been going on. It A while. Yeah, it hasn't been the 47 years since abortion was legalized, but it's it's like around 30 years, something like that. Um, the March for Life. Yeah, March for Life. Yeah. And um, he's the first U.S. president to show up in person. That says a lot. And then not just to make an appearance, but to, to give a speech like that. I mean, um, you know, whether or not, you know, we can we can argue all day whether or not he was sincere, just words he was reading, etc. But the words are true. The words are true. And they were spoken by the president of the United States, whoever that might be. Right. And, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. That's mm -hmm. why it's being spiked all over the media. So, um, so we wanted to also share, and I got to thank Janet Parshall's show in the market uh, with Janet Par Parshall. If you go over to her um, Facebook page, uh, this is where I found out about the Faces of Choice video. You, this is like a two-minute video. You guys are going to watch this. This is this is powerful. So whenever you're ready, Bareface, we'll go ahead and watch it. I'll just look cute until you put it up. I don't have to make, I don't have to be cute too long. Can you believe that? She looked me in the eye. Can you look me in the eye and tell me that I shouldn't exist? That I should be dead? That I deserve to die that day. Can you look me in the eye and tell me that my very survival was a mistake? A terrible toll on society? Can you look me in the eye and tell me that in my most vulnerable state, I was nothing more than a parasite? A collection of body parts? Subhuman? Worthless? In 1952, I survived multiple abortion attempts. DNC abortion. An instrument abortion. DNC abortion. A abortion. abortion. A vacuum aspiration. E abortion. E e An induced abortion. abortion. A saline infusion abortion that was meant to poison and scald me to death. I am the face of choice. I am that choice. These are actual human beings who survived abortion procedures when they were still in their mother's wombs. These are the eyes, voices, and faces of choice. Choice is not merely a word. Choice is a person. Learn their stories. Take that, devil. You know, God has victory, people. And the darkness is ticked off. I can tell you that for sure. Um, 
So I will say, praise God for life because, you know, he came to give us life and that more abundantly. And, you know, I don't care. I, I was watching a TikTok video today of a, a, a girl. I think it was a TikTok video. It probably, anyway, it was, of, it was of this girl. She was riding her bike. It was a woman, really. It wasn't like a girl. I guess compared to me, she was a girl. But anyway, a young woman. She was riding her bike because she was training for a triathlon with her husband. And um, so she was riding her bike going around um, wherever it was she was riding and her tire popped. And apparently she was riding the bike without shoes. I don't know why. That doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Anyway, her tire popped. She didn't have anything to fix it. And she was about two miles away from her car. So she had to walk her bike for two miles in her socks to her car. And so she was doing this 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 video and she shared the story and she said, you know, I could have gotten really upset that I have to walk now two miles <laughs> in my socks to the car and it's cold. Um, but I am looking at the weather and she's looking around and she said, and, and she was saying, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful day here. I have a husband that loves me. I have food in my belly every day. I am healthy. Life is really good. And it is good. And that's why I love people who look at the bright side of life. Because sometimes the things that we call horrible are other people's blessings. You know, the complaint you have about something dumb, somebody's praying for. Right? Right, Bareface? So. Yeah, I think the old saying, you know, I used to complain that I had no shoes. Talking about the man who had no feet. Right. Yeah. So Barb says, I worked 40 years in, in hospital intensive care units, and the attitude was to help people die far too often, in my opinion. They had something they call a walking code where they go through the motions, and that was 30 years ago. The nurses sometimes overruled the family wishes. Well, I will tell you, I'm going to share this. I can't remember if I shared this before, but coming to our break time, Legal Shield, you know, um, you guys know I offer this service, and this week I heard two stories from people on my morning call that I'm on. This happened to two of my friends, okay? So the first one, his, um, she, <clears throat> his, he had, this, his daughter went to the hospital in the middle of the night. I don't know what procedure it was that the doctors wanted to do, but the parents were against it. And the doctors were insistent, no, we need to do this. Well... My friend had his wife called Legal Shield, called the emergency number, and at 3 a.m. in the morning, they got Legal Shield. They had an attorney on the phone to talk to the doctors and say, no, you cannot do this. You're going against, this patient has rights. This is, you know, the parents don't want this done. And Legal Shield stepped in and protected that daughter. On the other end of the spectrum, another friend of mine's mom is in assisted living uh, 91 years old. I guess she's in a nursing home. 91. She was told by a doctor she needed a shot that would help prolong her life. But the nursing home said no because of the money. He tapped his app, called Legal Shield up, got a, an attorney to step in and help get that shot to his mom. Now, I don't know about you, but 
why in the world or how come it's come to the place in in our society today in America especially where we have to call attorneys so that our human rights and our are respected and our wishes to take care of who we are as people or our loved ones you know is at hand I tell you what I'm dealing with crap right now with my assisted living situation I'm moving my father I'm going to be moving him I'm glad I have legal shield because I know I'm going to need them if 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 certain things don't go the way that I expect you know it's absolutely ridiculous that common courtesy and policy goes above people right especially in the medical world and i'm just going to say that um you know if you're not a member of legal shield yet now is the time to sign up it really is not because i'm going to get rich off it but because you're going to benefit for having that membership do you know that the power you have to call an attorney anytime with your membership and not be billed three, four hundred dollars. You know, I signed up a friend of mine from high school today who's having a situation with, with her home, you know, um, and, she, and her dad, who's in his 70s, I believe, was so excited to, to know that this service existed so that his, his little girl, who's 53, could get the help that she needs as a single mother. You know, it, it, it is a great thing that we have, you know, and so I just want to encourage you, those of you who are my members, call your law firm, say hi, I don't care, get a contract reviewed, call them up, ask a question, find out, you know, how they can help you, don't be afraid to use the service that you're paying for, but don't think because it's so affordable, it's not great, because it is, I know stories that have saved people's life just because that lawyer was there. Um, identity theft protection too. yesterday or the day before was the final date to check to see if you were part of the Equifax data breach. Um, so that's over. You can't do that anymore, but you know what? The thieves out there are still stealing stuff. So I would encourage you to look into the identity theft protection that we offer because we offer the restoration with it. And, um, as a friend of mine said, ID shield is like wearing a hospital is, is ID shield. Well, other services are like wearing a hospital gown. You're covered in the front, but you're open in the back. With ID Shield, you're covered all around. You're protected all around. Before, during, and after something happens, you're protected. And you can do that for as little as $10 a month if you're an individual with a one bureau plan, or as high as $30 a month if you want to cover your whole family with our three bureau plan. It's not expensive. Everybody can afford it, and you really should get it before you need it. That's my urgency to you. So if you're interested in that, contact me. You guys can contact me through BibleNewsRadio.com. Put in, you know, Legal Shield or ID Shield in the subject line. Um, also, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about the um, the, pro- the proclamation of the president about the Holocaust. Well, you know what? Ariel.org is a wonderful place to go to learn about Jewish history um, because they understand Jewish history. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum is Jewish himself. He is a, you know, completely Jewish and, um, and, but he, he understands Jewish history. So go over there, ariel.org, check out what they offer. And, um, you know, I encourage the life of Christ Yeshua books um, personally, because those just will help you understand the gospel in a way that 
you won't get in a in a church today from a pastor like Joel Osteen because they're not going to bother studying it and and understanding it and giving you the culture and the understanding and stuff, you know. So check that out, ariel.org. Use the coupon code Bible News. You could save twenty percent. Also, don't forget to join my text message list. You can text Bible News to the number three three two two two, and it's down there in our scrolling thingy there. Oh, and don't forget also you can donate to our show too. We greatly appreciate your donations as well. BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. You can donate there. In fact, um, any donation, you know, any size, we are grateful for it. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for uh, donating to the show because that's super cool and it supports us. Hi, Sharon. I saw you over there. And I think also uh, Angie was in there as well. Uh, Angie, hi, I see you came in a little while ago. Periscope's going in and out. I mean, it shows two people in there, but I know there's more because Periscope's like messing up. Anyway. All right. So the next story, uh, which one, Bareface, do you think we should look at? That one? Okay. Um, it's up to you. I don't care. I don't know. Um, let's let's go with this one. That one? Okay. Because I want to make sure we get it in. Okay. So... This next story is titled Apostate United Methodist Church Asks Old People to Worship Elsewhere (laughs) to Attract a Younger Flock. (laughs) Uh, It's not funny, but it's like, I I read this, Um, two or three of my friends were like highlighting this this week. I was like, okay, I gotta look, I gotta read this. You want to say something? Oh, never mind. I just wanted to correct the title. We're good. I didn't say it right. No, no, no. I had it up wrong. Oh, okay. Had the wrong frame up. Oh, under, okay, underneath. I see. Okay. So it says here, a prayer for survival rose from the back of the church last Sunday. I pray for this church getting through this age discrimination thing, said William Gackstetter, as the gray-haired heads around him nodded in agreement. Gagstetter. Gackstetter and other members of the Grove United Methodist Church in Cottage Grove are upset enough that their church is closing in June. What makes it worse is that their church is reopening in November pretty much without them. The church wants to attract more young families. The present members, most of them over 60 years old, will be invited to worship somewhere else. A memo recommends that they stay away for two years and then consult the pastor about reapplying. That's all I see in my, um, is that all it is? No. Okay. More. I don't know why it's not showing up in the, the distilled version, the whole thing. That's weird. Do you want to read the rest then? Um, if you want to check it out on the screen. Okay. I have to lean in. I got to squinch my eyeballs. Or I can read, but, okay. but it's you on the screen. Though. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'll just say, officials say the church needs a reset and reopening the church is the best way to appeal to younger people. But the older church members say they see that as an insult. This is totally wrong, said Gackstetter's wife, Cheryl. They are discriminating against us because of our age. After the plan was explained by a pastor on January 5th, she said, I called him a hypocrite. I said, you're kicking us out of our church? Thirty years ago, the Peaceful Grove Church was founded by Pastor Jim Baker in an elementary school. It moved into its own building, then merged with a larger church in Woodbury in 2008. Today, the churches are the Woodbury and Cottage Grove branches of the Grove United Methodist Church. 
The Cottage Grove Church struggled with membership and finances. Seven years ago, Methodist officials said they could no longer pay for a minister for the church. That's when the Cottage Grove Church switched to lay ministry with weekly sermons by members of the church. The decision was made by two leadership teams within the two church organizations. (coughs) Excuse me. This created a lot of independence. We kept it going, said church founder Baker. That's why the members are so fiercely loyal. Recently, the church's attendance of finances have stabilized with an average of 25 people worshiping weekly. But stabilizing isn't good enough. Cottage Grove is quickly is growing quickly, and the church should be growing, said Reverend Dan Westerstrom, Wetterstrom, Wetterstrom, head of the two-location Grove Church. We have not figured out how to reach new people there, he said. Cottage Grove is underserved by churches, he said. The benchmark is one church for every 1,000 residents, so 37,000 population Cottage Grove might be expected to have 37 churches. In fact, it has only 13. In a memo summarizing on December 12th, a December 12th meeting, Westerstrom said the church could soon die. It could die, people. Yeah, it could. Unless something changes. And we're nearing the end. The answer is a new appeal to younger families. Well, just so you guys know, here's the thing. The average age of the church is typically tied to the age of the pastor. This is actually historically accurate. And just so you know, even the church I go to, our pastor is older than me and Randall, which is why I like it because I like having an older pastor because I think younger pastors are generally twits. (laughs) But, um, well, it's just been my experience with younger pastors. But but anyway, I don't need to read the rest, do I? Um, the point is that they're throwing out the older people, which completely goes against the Bible. <laughs> well, like, except the... as, as my friend Jennifer said to me before, because I was telling her I was going to talk about the show, Dr. Jennifer Fee said to me, she said, doesn't everybody know that a healthy church has three generations in it? At least, Randall. Yeah, of course the pastors say, Jesus said we are called to reach new people. Well, okay, that doesn't mean throw out the old people. (laughs) Imagine that, you know, if we were reading Acts, you know. (laughs) Hey, out with you. (laughs) (laughs) Randall, you're 55, get out. (laughs) You know, and then the Lord added daily, you know, those who should be saved. He's like, oh, we got a new batch coming in. You old, you know, people have been here, you need to get out. Apostles, you're out of here. You know, the exit strategy for a church is when you die. When you're dead, then you're gone. Then you're out of the church. Yeah, I remember as a young man in my 20s attending a, a, really it was a Sunday school class that met off church campus. It functioned as a fellowship, but it functioned as a congregation. But the pastor (laughs) of the parent church came and spoke one day. And said, you know, basically admonishes that this can't be your congregation. This is all, you know, young adults. That you need to be in fellowship with, you know, older and younger. You know, you need those three generations, basically, that Dr. Fee was talking about. That that's that's healthy life. That's healthy human life, and that's healthy body life. You know, the body of Christ. And yeah, especially you know, we were. Um, we've been looking at first John on Sunday nights, you know, it talks about young men and old men and, and later we'll see about, um, 
you know, admonitions to the generations and their responsibilities. And it's like, without that, if it's, if it's a church full of just, you know, young families, then, you know, where's, where's the instruction, the wisdom of, of older couples and that kind of thing. It's just, it's just, well, we, we don't want to be right. We want to be popular. You know, it's just this whole, this whole church growth, a, a church, you know, numbers is, numbers are what matter. You know, the size of the congregation is everything. It's, um, you know, the, the doctrine that it teaches, the, the ministry that goes on, you know, spiritual health, that's, that's, well, it's nice if it happens, but primarily you've got to have a, a large congregation because large congregations means more money. Since more you know, money, yeah. Since, <laughs> since you know, historically and statistically speaking, just a, a fraction of, of you know, congregation members give. Then of course, you know, the, the larger the congregation, the you know that small percentage means more money and and. But as you read earlier, anyway, it's. 853 it's 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 just it's it's shameful i think it is it's that's that's why one article i read said it was apostate oh totally it's it's yeah it's the epitome of like do you read the bible Uh just curious i I will tell you most people don't read the bible who go to church apparently the leadership at at this (laughs) church are among them (sighs) <sighs> That's why our show exists. By the way, February 15th, mark that date on your calendar, people. Uh, my friend Jeff Kinley, who is a prophecy expert, pastor, uh, he wrote a book called Interview with the Antichrist. He's going to be my guest February 15th. So uh, if you want to be if you want to be here for that, I overdid it on pickleball today. Just saying. I did play good, though. Uh, <laughs> I, George Thompson, over there on... YouTube. Um, Sharon, did you see my message over on Periscope? Just If you text me your number, I can add you. If you like send it to me privately, just through my website or on, you know, somewhere, I'll, I'll be able to add you to my text message list. One thing I just noticed um, in the article, make it quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it says here, Stella and John Knapp of Cottage Grove were the only members with children at the service. And they say they hate the plan. Interesting. Well, you know what I can tell you, what I can tell you, what I know for a fact, people are wanting discipleship, right? People are wanting mentorship. People are wanting older believers to teach them God's word. I mean, I'm starting a local Bible study with some business friends of mine um, because they've asked me to teach them God's word. Like, okay, you know, I mean, hello, people. Okay, one more story. I could go off on that, but I do want to get this other story in. Okay, so this one's titled, No Opting Out of LGBT History Instruction. Guess what state this is in? We're not going to read this whole thing, but we're going to read most of it. So, because this is long. Uh, So, written by David Fear. Fire Rosie, somebody. I don't know anyway. Fierazzo? I have no idea. That's what I... But, sorry, David. If you're watching my show, which you're not. But if you were, I apologize. 
Uh, it says here, public schools in three states so far have decided to teach elementary school children LGBT history in, in multiple subjects. It began in California last year, the trend-setting trend state, and others are jumping on board with the latest being New Jersey and Illinois. Well, there's a shocker. According to reports, school districts in Rockland, California, require students in kindergarten through fifth grades to learn about the contributions of LGBT individuals in history and social studies curriculum, and many parents are upset there is no opt-out for their children. This is just the beginning, and this is what happens when radicals are in control of the education machine in America. How can such a small percentage of people influence the entire curriculum of a school district, a state, and eventually a country? California parents protested, urging the school board not to push this curriculum through, but they did it anyway. But check out the response. When the board approved the new curriculum that includes LGBT history, parents of more than 700 students kept their children home in protest. Concerned parents in other states should take their cue from these parents. At the time, a spokeswoman for informed parents of Rockland, Rachel Crutchfield, stated, quote, We believe that anyone who has made a significant contribution to society should, of course, be included in our history textbooks. However, the concept of sexual orientation is far too complex of a topic for elementary-aged children to be introduced to at school. Let Let's let kids be kids, unquote. But that's part of the agenda, isn't it? Reach and indoctrinate kids yep. at the youngest ages possible to condition them against God, mom, and dad. Yep. Amy Bentley, a math teacher in Rockland, argued in favor of the new gay history and wants it taught at the elementary level because, quote, many students enter middle school already knowing they're different, unquote. What? Define different. So is she suggesting because these young children think they might be gay, lesbian, or transgender, they might be conditioned and reaffirmed? The truth is God created them male and female in his image, unique, and yes, different. Here's a newsflash. We're all different. (laughs) Even twins are different. We all have different fingerprints, people, footprints, nose prints, lip lip prints, eyes, eye, irises, whatever. I mean, we're all completely different. There's no two people alike in the whole entire world, which is why it's, I mean, think about that. Just, just ponder that for a second. I know we don't think stuff through a lot of the time, but I am the only Stacey Lynn Harp in the whole world. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Um, so not by name but there is no one like me i am uniquely me i am wonderful fearfully created in god's sight my mom was mary my dad was clayton just so you know and i have to tell you those are my two parents mary and clayton and they put me together you got mary and clayton to thank for me (laughs) they named me even yeah even my name was their fault but there's no other Stacy Lynn Harp in the whole world that has parents named Mary and Clayton. Just so you know. Okay. Anyway, I could go on, but anyway, I don't need to read the rest of this because it's quite long. But what I will say is you guys got the idea, right? The idea is that, that for whatever reason... Now, they're not letting parents opt out, which is another reason to get Legal Shield. 
because even though Legal Shield doesn't do protect um, religious freedom issues, imagine if you had a lawyer write a letter for a parent to a school board saying, my kid should be able to opt out of this. It goes a little ways, just so you know. Uh, and I would say, even though it, it will soon become illegal, I'm not a prophet of doom, but... You just play one uh, on Periscope? Yeah, I think it's how that way. I would say opt out of public education. Dr. James Dobson said that years ago. I know. It's just... Remember, I used to work for Dr. James Dobson. <laughs> I know. I know that. And I know that it's difficult, it's challenging, especially in, you know... Two income homes where you know it's necessary, um, yeah, but there are, there are great co-ops and things like that available for homeschoolers. So, but you got to be careful with homeschool because here's the thing: the thing with homeschooling is that the government has tried to come in and give funds, and when they do that, then they can come in and give their curriculum, right? right. So there's a lot of people in the homeschooling world who are super smart. Who have refused funding? Oh yeah. Um, but there's, but they are clever and they are doing everything that they can. Anyway, long story short, go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Bible News Radio. Look up my series. I think I have eight hours worth of my the marketing of homosexuality to America series. I should kind of finish it. I haven't finished it yet. Haven't really had the time, but. What's up there is just enough to give you the background of how homosexuality was marketed and why they targeted kids and the church. Just so you know. Yeah. So that is it. So anybody have any comments before we leave you for this nice Friday night? Yeah, people. Well, over on YouTube, Barb ta also talking about the, oh. the spiritual assault. I... I don't know about this, but hey, could very well believe, you know, this is uh, basically occultists believing that, um, yeah, let's just say, um, well, sodomy opens the third eye. Oh, it and does? So, yeah, apparently oh. the occultists think that sodomy opens the third eye. Really? So the kids are occultically attacked as well. Yeah. That's um, that's awful. Well, reprobate minds is actually, um, you know, I'm glad you use that word because it's a biblical word. And um, we don't talk about it. The church doesn't talk about it. <clears throat> nope. By and large, they don't. Um, also, I would commend to you a couple of nights ago, Pastor Jack Hibbs interviewed Jan Markell. And I think in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, I think they're actually having a prophecy conference this weekend i'm not sure but it, if they are it'll be live streamed on his channel um you can watch that as well and no i'm not being paid and promoted to promote those guys but they're good biblical people so that's why i promote them so my throat just so y'all know allergies here in tennessee the weather has been completely insane on the one hand, it's been really super cold. On another hand, it's been rainy. And then it got super dry in the... Anyway, all that to say, my throat, it's got that beloved, like, airflow issue. So, anyway. Um, so, you guys pray for me, if you don't mind. Um, I, I would ask for prayer for, um, 
for two things. I don't normally ask for prayers, you guys know, but seeing I, uh, <clears throat> um, can, I will. So I want you to pray for me for, uh, the decisions I have to make about my dad. You guys know I take care of him. It's just been, let me share just a little what happened last night really quick. So last night I go visit my dad and as I'm at my dad's house helping him out, um, well, actually I wasn't helping him out. He was shaving. I decided I was going to go sit down on his chair because I wanted to wait because why it takes him a half hour to shave his face. Um, he didn't want me to help him, but he was doing good. He was standing really good and, and shaving. But so when I sat down on his chair, I sat there for like a few seconds. And next thing you know, I'm feeling wet. And my dad don't drink water, people. At least not in the chair. So, yeah. So, I got up really fast. And I was, like, not happy. <laughs> Let's just say the spirit and flesh, the flesh won out. And I bolted home as soon as I could to change my clothes that were urine-stained. Not from you. No, not from me. <laughs> you better clarify that. From sitting in a wet chair. So it's that type of stuff people don't talk about that happens, right? So I need prayer about the wisest decision that I can make. Unfortunately, God's opened a door for me and I have I have a good thing, but just pray that God would give me the wisdom and the ability and the finances to do the right thing for my dad. Okay? Okay, so that was one thing. Uh, the second thing is we need prayer for our finances. Look, you know, in December, our church helped us out, okay? Our church helped feed us, okay? We're not starving, but, you know, things are tight. So we need you to pray that the Lord would open up, like, either new sponsorships for the show or more donors giving to us, um, you know, I think the last time I shared with you, I think I shared five people donate to us consistently uh, when we have like thousands of downloads and stuff um, over our, all of our platforms. We really need that to increase. And I'm not begging or pleading, but I'm just telling you the truth. This is where it's at. I this year decided not to go to the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, which is in a couple of weeks here. I have been going to this for 15 years. And I will tell you the reason I decided not to go this year is because of money, ultimately, because it would require me to put up my animals to have them watched for the day because I won't be around all day. And because, frankly, I would be interviewing a lot of people I would be airing on this show that would bless you, but I'm not getting paid to do any of it. So as much as I would love to bring all these great people to Bible News Radio, through the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, I have stepped back and I have publicists who've been working with me for 15 years saying, why aren't you coming? And I'm saying, because I don't have the money to come. I no longer can foot the bill to go and do all that work and not get paid anything for it. So my prayer is that if you like our show, we need people to rise up and support the show. Because I'm not going to be able to provide the people that I normally would bring to you unless I get paid something to do it. You know, we have bills to pay just like everybody else. So 
Um, so those are my prayer requests and it's, it's the truth. You know, there's ministries that send out begging for money letters constantly. I don't do that, but I am telling you where we're at. So if you like our show, if you can donate to us on a consistent basis, that would be great. One prayer, another, my last prayer request is I do have somebody looking into helping us go into a nonprofit status. Um, if that turns out to be possible, what I will tell you is that when you donate to our show over, you know, once that gets pushed through, then it will be beneficial to you as a tax deduction. So, you know, pray that that's possible because it would be super awesome um, to be able to go nonprofit, have that help us overall financially, but also have it be beneficial to you when you donate to the show. Because I know you guys, I know many of you. Um, so many of you, like five or six of you donate and you don't get a tax break from that donation. But I believe that more people would donate if you did, you know, cause I'm not the type of ministry that sends out a thank you gift, like in a, a book or something, cause we don't have the money to do it. You know, big ministries, just so you know how this works, big ministries buy airtime on Christian networks in order to get the gospel to Christians. I am not a big ministry, but I air our show on five secular platforms in order to win the lost. So there's a little difference in my marketing strategy because I'm not going for the fish already. I'm going for the people who aren't no, who aren't believers, but I want to edify the believer, obviously, you know. Um, so, you know, just Join us in prayer. Join me in Bareface. You know, support us. Tomorrow night we'll be back. I'm going to cover more news tomorrow. Um, I would love to go back to five days a week, but we just can't. We can't do it without the help. So, um, so that's where we're at. Okay. So, take today's show, share it out, and um, as I always say, be bold, stand up, and go with God, people, because He loves you. Yeah, He does. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>